0: You're listening to the Thompson Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. We're going to be joined shortly by Johnny Eric Williams, and Johnny's the uh, chair of the sociology, sociology Department at Trinity College here in Connecticut. It's located just in the Hartford area and really appreciate his availability to kind of share some of his thoughts and perspectives on not only what's going on in the Middle East as we speak, but just regarding the sociology profession, teaching, being in the college environment during these contentious days. Um, And it's it's gonna be very insightful and informative. To hear his comments, Johnny's been on the staff at Trinity for a number of years, and as I say, is chair of the uh, sociology department, and even just teaching the subject of sociology—that's somewhat of a of an experiment, the the, the creation of, of of sociology and the invention of it. So let's let's hear uh, let's hear from Johnny. I'm going to admit him to the room now. Johnny, good morning. Good
2: morning. Can you hear me Okay.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Good to hear you. We're we're ready. How are you
2: doing?
0: We're ready to go. You and and I are both AARP eligible. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so, ah, yeah, we are. That, we are both time. AARP. Let me turn this off. Uh, this phone off, so I won't be interrupting you. Okay.
0: So let, let, let let's let's dive right in for the next forty or fifty minutes or so. Uh,
2: glitching anything? I'm moving slowly. Say that again. Am I glitching anything? I'm moving slowly. Anything? Uh, like
0: that? No, you're no, you're looking good. You're looking okay, good. Okay, looking okay. good. I I, I checked with your wife and your daughters and your family members, and they they said that you're. You're still one, one whole being, you know. This <laughs> is the, 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 the hologram. You're, you're resting the hologram today, so I got the real deal.
2: Yeah, you got okay. the real deal. That's true. That's true. Re- so let me put re- this up here for I you. But re- um, yeah. So I, you know, I've been I've been making it around. So I'm I'm sort of tired though. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still around. I'm still well, doing get, my stuff. We
0: got miles to go before we sleep, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. How you doing though, man? Like I've uh, talked to you in a long time.
0: Indeed. Indeed. We're, we're recording for this show. So, I mean, I appreciate you giving me the chance to share with folks. I'll be uh 75 this coming January. It's yes. coming Ju- July, rather. And I don't say that to boast, but I say that there, I've had some, some, some wear and tear, but I'm still on the road. So I think that's the key thing, whether you're just being born in one of the hospitals or whether you're a premature baby that just been rescued in, in, in Gaza, the, 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 this life journey can, can be somewhat, hazardous but yep. personally personally speaking my testimony I have a pretty pretty favorable testimony to, to and a, a blessed testimony for that standpoint yeah I mean I it, and, and lastly uh, and I appreciate you saying for, for for public disclosure I, I, sh- I share with people that if you were calling me or if I was calling you and if I was in a hospice right now I would say all is well uh because again not, nothing's <laughs> not, permanency is not necessarily in, in the cards depending on your definition of you know of death and dying so i uh appreciate you giving me a chance to testify
2: yeah, I, well you know uh you know uh life can uh you know switch off at the moment at, at any moment so yes just yes. enjoy to the fullest every day so that's, that's, that's right. what i try to do and and, and, and try to bear witness, but also to try to transform the society so it'd be a better place for our lady.
0: And, and that's why I'm so glad you have a chance to kind of chat this th- today. And I was just, just spontaneously yesterday, it just crossed my mind that I said, I, I got to speak to Johnny and, and share with the world uh, some of his thoughts in terms of, the, not only just the Middle East, but this, this sociology experiment that you've been involved with for several decades. I, I don't mean to be denigrating when I say experiment, but the whole invention of that discipline was somewhat of an ex- experiment of can we uh, organize or observe organizations and social organizations and can we improve the the, the input and the output of the organization? So so let, let's jump in if you if we if you want it in terms of uh, the Middle East or we could just talk about sociology in general, whatever your, however the spirit is moving you. Well,
2: I, mean, I mean, it's like what, uh, what exactly do you want me uh
0: Well, to I'm, I'm about in
2: terms of the Middle East. Uh, I
0: mean, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm curious of your. It's on everybody's mind and particularly, I think even if if there was a cessation and peace agreement this moment, the damage that's been done thus far and where we go for the future. my, my thoughts are if you're 10, 15, 20, you still might be hearing about Gaza in the news into your 30s or your 40s or, or even your, your 50s. So what does this mean, this, this, this historical moment? It's not a world war per se, but in some ways it, it, it's tantamount to a world war that we all with social media and communication, we're all aware of what's going on mm-hmm. uh, to some degree. And given sociology and given you went to Brandeis and, and given some, I've seen some of your comments and just given the, 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 the if the you only know, use, use the word controversy, but just the, the, the various points of view about what's happened. And then after, even if we have an agreement this particular moment, what's going to happen in the future. So it just dawns on me that you've been, prior to October 7th, you've been involved with this and aware in seminars and workshops and writings about peace on earth, goodwill toward men in general, but also particularly to the Middle East. So I know you have a, a sincere and deep abiding interest in, in that area.
2: Yeah, well, I I have friends, and uh, in both in and in, in what is the state of Israel, and then uh, also Palestine, um, you know, uh, uh, since I arrived in the Northeast and I came to the Northeast in 1984 uh, from the South uh, to attend school at Brandeis University. So, um, it was there that I was made aware of a connection that was going on between uh, the state of Israel and South Africa. And at mm-hmm. that time, it was apartheid in South Africa, and I was a part of the anti-apartheid movement. And the Israelis were supplying the Afrikaners with uh, the apartheid government with weaponry to fight black people. Mm. Uh, so that's how I came mm-hmm. to this, and I was like, well, hold on, wait a minute. I mean, you know, you guys are supposed to be on the side of you know, of black people around the world, but you're not you're supposed to uh, know what it feels like to be oppressed, but obviously you don't. you know? So they were supporting the oppressive system, right? And so I, I I immersed myself into uh understanding uh the state of Israel itself as well as all the shenanigans that they were putting on uh in, in the early 1980s, uh well, not the early 1980s, but the 19 uh, the mid-1980s and late nineteen eighties, I uh was one of the people who was saying that Israel itself was an apartheid state. Uh you mm-hmm. know, so and I was I, I was called an anti-Semite for that at Brandeis University. But uh I was like, okay, I'm an anti-Semite now. But you know, okay. Uh and so, but uh I read it earlier, uh early on that this was the case. Uh I didn't start writing about it until, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my academic career when I started to write about it, as well as take trips to uh Israel and Palestine uh to see for myself what was happening. And and I've written about it. In multiple places, like a general report, counterpunch.org uh, local newspapers mm-hmm. in, in in Connecticut and so forth, saying you know, saying saying exactly what I witnessed uh, uh, when I was there, you know, and what I saw was worse than Jim Crow, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was it was terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and when I came back, I decided that uh, you know, I was I would remain connected to my friends there and try to do something about it, you know. And so, so it's been a long, long, long struggle. And I've been trying to inform people about it, but it's only recently that through the long struggle of boycott divestment sanction movement, uh, which the civil society, the Palestine called for, West Bank Gaza, uh, occupied East Jerusalem. Uh, you know, they, uh, they want us to do what we did to South Africa, that is to boycott the state of Israel. And we've been trying to do that. And hopefully it will take off even further now that we see Uh, That Zionism, which is not Judaism, but a political perspective of settler colonialism, which seeks to take land from the Palestinian people, right? And and that's what they've been doing since 1948 with the establishment of the state of Israel. Uh, They basically conducted ethnic cleansing, uh, which they're continuing doing right now. What they're trying to do in Gaza, as well as the West Bank, because we're not even talking about the West Bank, because they're bombing it. And bombing hospitals in the West Bank and schools and stuff like that in refugee camps and killing people in the West Bank. But uh they're trying to ethnically claim and take the land. And and the people who are in charge, the Bibi Netanyahu, uh as well as um you know his far-right cronies, who are basically rabid racists, uh, who are trying to take the land from Palestine, trying to trying to get them push them off the land into the desert, into the Sinai into Jordan but Jordan and Egypt will not have that so if they continue to press uh resistant at doing this stuff uh I I wouldn't be surprised if there is a regional war that may lead to a world war mm-hmm. uh so that's what we are in so uh and what they're doing is, is just arming civilians willy-nilly in violation of international law uh which uh Israel and the United States don't seem to think to recognize international law they just do what they want to do uh, so they're being bracing, so but anyway, I mean, this is how I came to it, and this is what I'm mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. and 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 friends who are talking to me via Twitter as well as uh other social media platforms uh, and and you know calling me and stuff like that telling me what's going on on the ground so so it, it it's pretty bad and 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 we don't need uh these kinds of milk toasts like just ceasefire. we need to end the blockade uh we need to end the ethnic cleansing we need to have. A uh, one state that is secular and not a ethno state of, of Jewish supremacy. We don't need that. that. That's the way I see it, and that's I think that's the way my Palestinian colleagues and many Israelis now starting to see. Mm-hmm.
0: It. To talk and and that's so helpful for you to, to provide that historical perspective, Johnny. Just in general, but also your 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 personal testimony and involvement for 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 a few decades. So where do we kind of kind of go from here? uh what's your, your 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 best optimistic hope your your mid-level hope and what's your, your and what what might be your dire forecast because the okay. mm-hmm.
2: my best hope is is that the Israelis start fighting themselves because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing right now anyway because uh B. B. Netanyahu doesn't believe that uh he should care about the Israeli you know hostages nor do uh, uh have the Israelis ever cared about the uh, Palestinian hostages that they hold in prisons, uh, mass incarceration of Palestinian-resistant fighters in the West Bank, Gaza, and East Jerusalem, in which they're doing, they're arresting in mass right now and bombing people and killing people and babies and stuff like that still, you know, not just in Gaza, like I said, in the West Bank, East Jerusalem, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff too uh, that we're not talking about. So the best, the best uh, outcome, I think, would be is that we recognize that Zionism is a settler colonialist apartheid regime and that, uh, that the, uh, people in the Middle East, that is in, in Israel, Palestine, uh, Palestine, Israel agreed to, uh, you know, to form one secular state. I mean, a two state, that ain't even possible. The Israelis have, you know, integrated, uh, the economies as well as the electrical grids and everything into the west bank and Gaza. so they control all of that it has to be a one-state uh kind of thing a bi-national state that's hmm. I me mean, hmm. that's the best i can see happening if that doesn't happen if these zealots if these uh you know right-wing racist extremists uh continue to uh to reign as they are uh and 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 engage in that you know overt ethnic cleansing uh, then the, the the outcome will be more and more war, and maybe regional war, and as I said, World War Two—that's the worst I can see
0: happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, World uh, War Three, right? Right.
2: But but, but right. they but but this this cannot continue to go on. Uh, the, the the killing of Palestinians willy-nilly, uh the apartheid in Israel itself of uh, Palestinian citizens of Israel—it uh, it has to stop. Uh, and and the world is now saying it has to stop, and and that's why you see massive demonstrations in the United States, around the world, Canada, Mexico, anywhere you go now around mm-hmm. the world, it's a pro-Palestinian uh, march, even though they're trying to shut it down by saying that if you're anti-Zionist, then you must be anti-Semitic. It, believe me, that's, that's, that's an old trope that the Israelis like to employ uh, to stop people from resisting their settler colonial project. And it needs to stop.
0: And i want to ask about students because you' you're still engaged with that and even you mentioned the the protest uh, on the streets but there's certainly protests on the, almost so, on so many campuses yeah yay yeah, yeah, and nay uh, what guess from a uh prior to october 6th you now before october 7th happened what do you think the was there one thing that caused that 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 incursion if you will i was I guess as you were talking my mind went back to the books that Jimmy Carter wrote about the apartheid state, and so you have our former president really echoing much of what you just said in, in your opening opening remarks as, as, a, for, as a former former president. Uh, but what do you think precipitated? Uh, was it like the, uh, oh, the Pearl Harbor situation, or what do you think precipitated this uh, this action? Yeah, well,
2: you see. know, this, this this is seventy-five years of ethnic cleansing apartheid and uh uh, uh and and basically just humiliating Palestinians and mm-hmm. dehumanizing them and, and and calling them terrorists when they're just resisting the occupation of their lands. Mm. Right. Uh and and by by international law, right, the occupier of land has no right to self-defense. So that's why you keep hearing people talking about, oh, Israel has a right to self-defense. That is a bunch of malarkey, right? Uh, Israel has no right to self-defense when it's occupying other people's lands, right? So that's one. Two, as I said, this event precipitated in
1: 1948.
2: Hmm. And it's continuing, this, this project continues even to this day, right? So it is not. Repeat, it is not something that's new. Israel and Netanyahu, and the Israelis know this, the Israeli public can tell you this. If you you watch Israeli news, uh, you read their newspapers and so forth, is that Netanyahu and his right-wing cronies are responsible for this because they they just kept trying to take land in the West Bank. East Jerusalem, they evicting people from their homes and stuff for no reason at all, and these homes are owned by these people. I mean, he's just been doing it. He's been humiliating them, denying them access and stuff like that. So, so so he was pushing this and these these right-wing you know like I said racist Zionists were doing this stuff and uh and, and then they were blockading for over damn near 20, 20 years a uh, blockade of Gaza right uh, which Elon Poppy who's an Israeli historian said it's it's an open-air prison right hmm. like you, you hear that term right 2.0 Three million people in that little small portion of land, no bigger than the state of Delaware, and they can't go anywhere. They can't. They can't fish in the ocean. They can't. They, they got a naval blockade. They got a land blockade. Uh, you know, and they and, and the Israelis decide what goes in and what goes out. Right. So that's been going on the whole time, Tom. Mm. But nobody in America has been talking about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And and what did the people expect to happen? Right. Is that if you keep doing that to people and humiliating them and dehumanizing them they treating them like like they're subhuman what you expect them to do they got to resist right they have no other choice who would want to live that kind of life right they rather fight and get the bombs dropped on them than to mm. to just to continue to exist in that way I know I would I mean, mm. it's like our ancestors in slavery right mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's like uh when our said, any place is better than here, right? anywhere but here. I, I think that's what Palestinians are right now. And, and I don't blame them. And, and, and I'm in total kind of support of what Palestine is doing. They, 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 something has to give. They can't continue to live as a people in this way, uh, uh, being I don't know, put down by this, this way in the United States and the EU.
0: When I, when That's I, you know. when when I, and I again, we have about you know forty forty more minutes, so we can continue to unpack. When I enter into conversations with the folks, whether it's a long winded conversation or a brief conversation, I would like to kind of, and you you reference this already um, about if I ask, I ask them who is Ralph Bunch. S- some remind, some remember, some don't. Then I say, you know, he won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, and what did he win it for? in in 48 trying to kind of bring some peace to the area. And then after they say, oh, I don't remember him, but I have to look it up. And I say, okay, what about um, Andy Young? Yes. Uh, Do you remember he was ambassador to the United Nations and do you remember why he had to resign? Most people say no, but you know, he made the effort to reach out. Uh, And then I've referenced, I said, okay, well, President Carter, do you, you know that name? And so, kind of check check out some of his books. So you're right, this historical continuum uh is pretty clear. What is your take on on the 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 hostage the hostages though? Uh I think that still is kind of people are still unclear about why the hostages had to had to be taken.
2: Well uh historically the Israelis have taken Palestinians hostage, right? And mm-hmm. uh, put them in prisons and stuff. And then uh the 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 PLO, which doesn't exist anymore, there's the Palestinian the Authority, which basically doesn't work for the Palestinian people, it works for the Israelis in the United States. Uh, that's who pay their bill. Uh Mahmoud Abbas, who basically is, I mean, a misleadership, as Glenn Ford and Bruce Dixon used to say at Black Agenda Report. They're not really working for the Palestinian people. So the Palestinian people resist them too. Uh and and then, you know, you you, you have uh Hamas, right? Uh and Hamas uh, is a is basically uh something that Netanyahu, if you if you see his postings from when Hamas got off the ground, there was an election in the West Bank and in Gaza and Hamas won in Gaza and the, the PLO, that is the Palestinian Authority, won and and the West Bank and East Jerusalem. I mean most people forget that East Jerusalem itself is also occupied.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: They think all oh, Jerusalem is all, all Israel. No, no, it's occupied. Uh East Jerusalem is Palestine. But Anyway, so so you have these two divisions, and basically Netanyahu sought to uh, divide and conquer between uh, the Hamas and Palestine, right? And 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 there was a friction that developed uh, the, 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 the small number of Hamas people who were in the West Bank. Uh, uh, were fighting with the Palestinian Authority until the point where the Palestinian Authority basically got rid of all of them. They went to prison and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Hamas continued to reign supreme and and uh Gaza.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, uh, again, this goes back to Netanyahu. Go back to the 1980s, 1990s, and he was basically trying to fuel this division. And now it comes back to this blowback, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it comes back because I mean, basically, he fueled that division. And Hamas sees no other alternative but to uh, fight back right now. So, so so, that's where it comes from. And most people don't know the history of this stuff because most Americans don't fucking read. But right? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But but they don't, right? They don't read. The students in my classes don't read. Right? The American people don't read. They read uh, only um, of the stuff that the mainstream media that is owned by the wealthy few put out there to control their, their point of view. All you got to do is turn the TV on, right? And and watch cable news and network news. And they're going to only give you the Israeli side, right? And most people are getting hip to that now. But 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 the fact is that they don't know the history of stuff like that. And that's traditionally been the case. Well, the Israeli point of view is always given the Palestinian voice is not given any kind of understanding. So we demonize them. And, and, and this parallels what happens to Black Americans, right? Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. is that is that we're demonized by this media as well, and and we're called criminals, and they criminalize us. Criminalize us, but on the on the Palestinian side, the Israelis and the Americans also demonize the Palestinians and call them terrorists, mm. right? And people who don't know they're animals, right? As this Gallant said, this general Yov Galant. Uh, talk about uh, oh, we, these, inhu- these these human animals we're fighting. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: what do you call Israelis who do this to human beings? Though, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, if, if you go there and you look and you see, you go, uh, who's really the animal? Who's really uncivilized? Right? And from my perspective, uh, I've been seeing Israelis treat Palestinians like they uh, are dogs or something. Okay. It's like it not exist. They have no empathy,
1: no human empathy for
0: Palestinians at all. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take it take a deep breath for a second to talk about sociology yeah. in this context. But I do want to then come back to this current crisis, which we can't diminish. And on you know November on this this day and time, and then I'm, again I'm just consumed with, with what the future might be for the for the younger people who could because again you and I we, we may not be in the total. Winter of our lives, but we've but we well, we've just, we may we may not see as many more springtimes and summers as we would like. But but we, yeah, we, yeah, we healthy been, ones at that. I, healthy yeah. was, we, We've been blessed. But I'm just preoccupied at the moment for the for the unborn generations and anywhere in the world, but particularly in the in that area. Uh, uh, but 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 let's talk about maybe your 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 academic profession, which has been. 30, 40 years of your involvement with this phrase called sociology and this, and the the discipline of how can we organize society and and look at society and and improve society from a organizational and an observational standpoint. Any thoughts in that regard? Uh, uh, and maybe yeah. maybe yeah,
2: before to- we before we move off of Israel, though, let me just say this about. Well, I'm, I'm going to come uh,
0: back to Israel at the end, but uh, yeah, but but okay. I, I, I want
2: to talk about I, something in my head right now. That I'm okay, gonna great. Let's let's, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Yeah, that 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 if, if they're noticing that you know at the colleges and universities, uh, the students are protesting because the students know what's up, right? Hmm. And and that our universities have been corporatized, uh, and they're run like they have businesses, which they shouldn't be, right? Uh, these are public goods. Right. I know most people don't want to think of it as a public good, but that's what it is. That is uh, the knowledge that we hold now should be spread through the rest of the world for free
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: and people should go to school for free and not have to pay for it as we do in the United States. Most of the world doesn't pay for an education because they recognize it as a public good. But the students are recognizing on these campuses that that, that the presidents of these universities are not working in the interest of that public good, but in the interest mm. of the corporate good. The mm-hmm. too. and so now you see the crackdown in, uh, that was building because of the response to the effectiveness of the boycott divestment sanction movement is it, that putting laws out saying that you can't protest against palestinians say in the uk uh that that if you protest if you have a pro palestinian protest that means you're anti-semitic uh i hear saying that if you if you support palestinians you should be suspended because it doesn't support the colleges or universities uh, community values say at Yale, uh, you know when students protested there and, and and the response of the president of the college and the Board of Trustees uh, at Brown University, at Brandeis University, right And just yesterday uh, the Brandeis alumni, which I'm one, uh hundreds of us have agreed not to provide funding to Brandeis University until they reinstate students for justice for Palestine and mm. JVP, the mm. Jewish forces for peace. Mm. As, as legitimate. They shouldn't be suspending any of that. That's an attempt to clamp down on uh, on people's disgust with Israeli Zionism, right? And with the United States support of that kind of Israeli Zionist behavior and settler colonialism and so forth. Well, so there's been this kind of crackdown, and there's this division uh, uh, that is being fed. This divisiveness is being fed by politicians who are in their pocket of the American Israeli Political Action Pact, APAC, right? And and people are going to them and saying cease fire now. Though we need more than just a ceasefire, we need the stuff to stop. Period. Cellular colonial project needs to stop. Right. End the blockade. Everything. Right. So the students are recognizing this. Faculty are afraid to talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Because they think, and even when they have tenure, which blows me away, that if they remain silent, that somehow they're not going to be affected by it. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But their silence is complicity in. They will kill you anyway and tell you that you resisted, right? That you liked it when they killed you, according to the ordinary person, right? So, so uh, the faculty needs to speak up and support the students and what they're doing because the students who are the future, as you said, right? Uh, they need our support, right? And, 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 and what the United States is trying to do is give faculty to form. And, and I think it's a good idea that we form faculty uh, for justice in Palestine groups so mm. we can be in conjunction and supportive of our students. We have academic freedom. Our students do too. They also have free speech, and they shouldn't be penalized for that, especially when there's some immoral, you no know, corrupt, inhuman stuff going on, uh, uh, and, and that they're protesting against, say, in Israel and Palestine. Um, okay, I
1: mean,
2: so no, 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 with that, no, now but, I will switch to well, your... Well, sociology. I'm going to
0: argue. With, no, no, let's let's stay on this. theme. <laughs> just stay on this for a second, boy, because I'm so glad you. <clears throat> So glad you lifted that up. We've in in that same discussion that you just mentioned that number of uh, uh, J- Jewish benefactors have withdrawn their money from from universities. Co- comment on that.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, you, you're talking about uh, a faithful few, uh, wealthy wealthy few, Zionist uh, Jews, right? Uh, who are saying that they're speaking for the whole Jewish community, which they're not, right? I mean, most people don't know that I myself am uh, married to a Jewish person, mm-hmm. and my wife, and, and, you know, so she's Jewish, and my kids are Jewish too, and and they attended Jewish day schools and stuff like that. So, so it's not Jews as a as a collective that is saying that we're going to withdraw our money. It is these wealthy Zionists who claim to speak for the Jewish community. And the jewish community is responding back that you do not speak for us and not in our name
1: mm-hmm.
2: right especially in the united states uh they have lost the narrative that they've been voting for a long time and if they've been espousing this this narrative that that zionism is judaism most jews in the united states don't accept that anymore right mm. and you know oh there are some right you have some that show up for the the rally for israel Right, which was a paid event. They were actually paying students $250 to attend. That's how they had the must-up support. And then they inflated the numbers at their little Monday rally to say that it was 290,000 people when anybody who could look and see on the mall that it was way less than that. It may have been 100,000 people, but it definitely wasn't 290,000. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they're trying to take, take back control of the narrative, which they have lost which i don't think it's not it's not possible now given what they have done in the past 40 something days to the palestinians in Gaza in the west bank and Eastern east. And,
0: and so so let, let's just let's just stay on the you mentioned the anti apartheid movement and the obviously the civil rights movement in kent state and uh, orangeburg i think it was orangeburg we we had the, the kent state kind of killing that around that same time you had a black college and then you had the obviously the vietnam protests and the free speech movement uh, Colombian and, and elsewhere, and then we fast forward now to today. So, what does that say about student students really taking ownership of their of their of their dedication, passion, and beliefs? Uh, well,
2: it, it's particularly uh, Generation Z, Gen Z, the TikTok generation, uh, who are resisting uh, these narratives, which gives me hope mm-hmm. that this all of these wars. And our wartime economy, which was still on from World War II, where we make money off of weapons and stuff, that this stuff will stop because students will say, these young people are going to say, no, we don't want to live like this anymore. We don't want to destroy the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Take us to the climate change level that we are. They make the connections between climate change and wars and weapon manufacturing and and, and capitalism. They're making those connections and saying no more, right? Mm -hmm. And every up and coming generation. So- Mm -hmm. So I, I think we should be hopeful, right? And I'm I'm pretty optimistic about that, right? Good. Despite what's going on in Israel and Palestine, uh, I think that young people and I know that they have lost young Jews already, <laughs> mm. right? They're very concerned about that, right? Especially ADL, which masks itself as a civil rights movement. I mean, a civil rights organization when it's actually uh, a Zionist uh, racist organization in support of the settler colonial project in Israel. So. So young people, especially young Jews, are just we ain't having it no more. Mm. So, I, so, I like it. So I, I think it's a very helpful, a hopeful and a helpful way in which they are operating, and, and 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 the people who want to be Zionists are very concerned about.
0: It. So so let's so let's move into sociology, and let me throw maybe if not a curveball or a forkball, or hopefully it could be a, a not, not even a fastball, but I know you I know you're on your feet. But if you were teaching, if I find the uh, uh, the secret to life and, and send it to you so that you can teach still at Trinity for 30 years from now, how would you approach teaching sociology or, or will, will we really even have these uh, artificial distinctions among dis- disciplines? But how would we, how would you teach sociology or how would you teach just becoming a human, a better human college between 18 and 21?
2: Well, well, well. First of all, I mean, I, I'm going to stay stay on point because I get lost sometimes when I start right. talking. But okay, okay. Uh, but first of all, sociology isn't the end all, be all, life saver. Right? Mm. <laughs> right? mm. Sociology itself is a a project of the Enlightenment in Europe, right? And and that pro- the Enlightenment itself was highly connected to imperialism and colonialism, mm. right? And so sociology. The way it got legitimacy was to support the differentiating of human beings, so that they can be exploited. That is, sociology sought sought to legitimate uh, race, Hmm. right? (laughs) Which is still doing, right? So, so uh, which I'm highly critical of because there are many of my colleagues who uh, use the, the language that they use, the discourse that they use, and so forth. In uh, the studies that they engage in, do nothing to get rid of the scourge of white supremacy and systemic racism, which is the same thing, right? So, so there's only a faithful few sociologists in the United States, and Canada, in Mexico, who actually seek to overturn the existing system and re- and replace it with a, one that is more human-centered rather hmm. like, than material accumulation-centered. There's not that many, uh, right? And so I'm highly critical of that. And my goal has always been to provide students with a conceptual frame, right, a sociological conceptual frame uh, for how to transform the world into one that is is human-centered, right, rather than material-centered, that is the accumulation of things, you know, more and more stuff. I mean, we don't need all this stuff, right? It's destroying us. Uh, as a species, not the planet. The planet will be here, but we will be gone because we, you know, we can't mm. live and breathe on the planet anymore. But, but so, so, so that's the, the thing I'm hopeful for. But sociology itself needs to be, actually, uh, from my perspective, totally revamped, totally restructured, and mm. not operate the way in which it operates now. Uh, and there's and- there's a
0: progressive group that you're affiliated with, I believe that's. That's more progressive oriented. Am, am I correct? There's a group of sociologists.
2: You're talking about the, well, you know, all organizations have their problems, but it, it's just, they it. That's, that's just imperfection of them all, right? But uh, I'm in the Association for Humanist Sociology, yeah, and at, at least we try, mm-hmm. right? It's not just reserved for sociologists. But also for activists, mm. right, and uh, uh, just everyday people to come in and work together. It's it's more, and and what it needs to become more of is collaborative with everyday people, okay. right? Uh, because the sociology that I see is a collaborative one. Sociologists are not the vessels of knowledge per se. That's the that's the that's the venue of everyday people,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: Everyday people are very smart too, right? Mm-hmm. And they're intellectuals, right? They just don't have a degree. They don't have these credentials, there, these PhDs, MAs, and all this other stuff. But they they know uh, how to experience and live life and transform this planet to make it a better place, right? So we need to work with them. So that's the kind of sociology that I seek, and the, the Association for Humanist Sociology is trying to get there. It ain't there yet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm highly critical of this concept of humanism, which is a European one also uh which is which which is the source of this kind of universalism, which is uh, the foundation for this kind of imperialism that we're experiencing and this uh colonialism neocolonialism and stuff that we're experiencing so so humanism can be also a suspect concept so mm,
1: mm.
2: critique it also
0: J- Johnny, let's take another ten minutes as we wind down and really appreciate you taking the time uh to to kind of chat with me, and I wanna kind of leave it open ended in terms of what might like, what might be circulating through your through through your young brain you know you continue to, to to rejuvenate your 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 brain cells but my mind comes to you might want to talk about the 2024 20, the presidential election and Cornell West is kind of in, in that race or you might want to uh sh- share about uh uh you mentioned the corporate universities being more of a business than a than a citadel of learning i'm still intrigued with with, with that concept uh and even you—you you, you mentioned your, your personal life, which I really appreciate. your sharing what what that, you know, when you wake up and each day and each morning you're 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 in a global family, if if you will. Uh, so I'm just curious, what what what's what, how would you like to conclude for the next nine or so minutes?
2: Well, you know the uh, the, the corporate university is is real. Uh, it's this was a design of the people reacting to. Vietnam, anti-Vietnam protests, as well as the free speech movement, the civil rights movement, the women's movement, and the gay, lesbian movement, the American Indian movement, Chicana movement, Mm. they were reacting to that and saying that in these universities, uh, there were radicals, right, in these universities that were fueling this kind of stuff, which Mm. is, it's a blatant lie, it's not true. Uh, But this was uh, Lewis Powell before it became Justice Powell of the Supreme Court. A pile memo, which he wrote about this, in, right? Which then sprung into the action these people, uh, this one guy who's still alive, Charles Koch, his brother mm-hmm. David passed away. Mm-hmm. So now they have a Koch donor network where they seek to insert professors that they want with conservative, you know, capitalist, um, racist leanings uh, and preserve the system as it is, this oppressive system called the United States as it really is and not to question it. And any professor who does question it should be ran out of the Academy of Higher Education, right? And they have done that, right? They tried it with me, right? Uh, and as I said, this is starting back as a response to what happened in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. They're now trying to take, what they did was they decided to defund the university in order so that, they, that the rich people can have control by funding it and, and, and determining who could be hired and who could go to school and stuff like that. Which, which, what they're doing now, right? It's, 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 it's reaching this crescendo mm-hmm. uh, about who can go to school, right? School is so expensive, uh, and,
0: and the Supreme and Court decision, decision, and the and the Supreme Court decision as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Citizen United, right? Uh, that decision and then the Supreme Court decision about uh the uh, affirmative action, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and what could happen, right? Even though affirmative action was dead in the water anyway, they just went not put the nail in the coffin, right? Mm-hmm. But. But 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 the thing is is that what they're doing is they're trying to to, to maintain control of discipline your mind mm. so that you won't think outside of the box of neoliberal capitalism and racism and sexism and stuff like that, that you will stay confined to that box. And if anybody steps outside of that box, that's a radical. Right. Mm. Mm. Right. Even though they may not be a radical, they just say, Hey, this is not right, right? That kind of thing, right? But and so uh what we have now is a university primarily, even public institutions primarily funded by these wealthy few in their interests, right? And 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 now they're trying to keep because the demographics are changing rapidly, by even before twenty fifty, the country will be a majority black, Latino, and Asian mm. and, and Native American, right? And not, not white. They'll be they'll be in the minority, right? Mm. And it's already it's already shifted in the state of California, Texas, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. it so so this is going on. And so they're responding to this to try to maintain their white dominance. That, that, you know, that, and, and, and they'll do anything to do that. So that's that's why you get the rise of people like like Trump. Mm-hmm. But you also get a bike who ain't no better. You get white supremacy, Trump, or you get white supremacy light, right? That's what you get, right? They're all maintaining this kind of white male domination of the society, white elite male domination. Even though they make up only about like what, maybe thirty percent of the population, but they dominate every major institution in the country, right? Uh, these folks. So, so that's what this is about when it comes to the corporatization of the university. And if and then they'll put, you know, what's interesting about this comment is that they'll put people who look like me and you in charge, but they just look like me and you their mental state is totally whitened. Mm. it's a whitened mental state it's a capitalist mentality and they will do they will do effectively what someone who is really white and male will do for them mm-hmm. they're basically what uh, in the academic lingo compradors, right mm. uh courtiers in french meaning that they're collaborators right mm. they uh you know you call them sellouts you can call them tom whatever you want to call them but 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 that's what they do at these places. So just because someone, just because you got diversity don't mean that you're going to get someone with a consciousness that is a black consciousness.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Or there's with the people that sides with oppressed people and stuff like that. So you see that. that, That's how you can explain Obama, right? I know folks in the audience may say, oh, oh, Obama, he go out Yeah, Obama was treacherous for black people. He did nothing for black people. He set us back Decades, right? I, I, you know, just look at any policy; you can see that, right? So, I'm trying to get you to see how, overall, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. the scheme is. No matter who's in charge, they're going to be in the interest of those wealthy few.
0: And, and that's that's so helpful, Johnny. We yeah. we've in uh, uh, your your good friend. I think you call him Corn, but uh, th- yeah. those of us that know that don't know him as well. We refer him as the esteemed and venerable Professor Cornell West weave in his, uh, his his quest at the moment to kind of seize the well, the, the imagined, well I, I the think American Cornel West mind. will
2: tell you that what he's trying to do is is bring up these issues that otherwise wouldn't be talked about. I don't. I I think he has no illusions that he would ever be president. And and quite frankly, who would want to be president of this beast, <laughs>
1: right? Mm.
2: I would never want to run for president of the United States because it means that you become a presider over the oppression of the world and the people within the United States and North America, mm. right? So, but but I, I think what he's trying to do is just you know get people to to educate people to get them where they need to go to say things that people need to hear that the the paid politicians, the wealthy, fused benefactors, right, who benefit these people, they need to, you know, listen to what he says and stop and pay attention to people. They're not representing the people, right? And they have never done that throughout U.S. history. And so the system needs to be radically restructured, as Martin Luther King said. Mm. It is Mm. a violent political, economic, cultural system in the United States that needs to be. We need a radical transformation of values, radical transformation of the economic and political systems. This is the only way we can save humanity and ourselves. Mm. And I think Corn is on that line. uh, would I vote for Corn? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, I do that. Yeah, but, you know, traditionally I what I do is I just vote for these nuts and ovaries. You know, it's like, that's been my thing. I mean, I, I just write in because I know what's up. Most of these people are not going to work for the everyday folks, right? But I think Cornell will. So, you know, I'll vote for him. If he, if he gets somewhere, it'd be great, but but I highly doubt that he will.
0: That's, as we wind down, Johnny, and your you I'm laughing out of admiration and, and respect and I haven't lifted up the uh, people trying to, the word pillory comes to mind or even crucify you eight, nine yeah. years ago. And so it's just so remarkable and, and pleased to see your, that that was just part of your journey and that you lived and learned and you're thre- somewhat even thriving because of going through walking over those hot coals and people throwing the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune at you and I'll leave people to kind of Google what I mean by that themselves. Uh, But, 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 but talk, talk to me a little bit about, as we, as we kind of conclude, there are, you mentioned that the the need for life as a learning opportunity and whether you're in college or not, or in your, that learning is, is ongoing, what kind of books or, or articles or, or El what would you recommend for folks to kind of, Help them with their own personal evolution and consciousness. It doesn't necessarily have to be a book that you that's part of your syllabus, although that's fine too. But I'm just curious about some 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 things that people m- might want to guess pick up on and just to help with their own self edic edi- edification. Well, mm-hmm.
2: well, I think you know when I was young, I mean the most important book uh, that I read that that transformed me uh, to think differently about the world was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I know it, it's, it's, it's Alex Hader left out a lot of stuff, but you know, and, and framed it the way he wanted to, but it was a very influential book for me. So that that's one. And then then the second book uh, is Pedagogy of the Oppressed mm. by Paulo Ferrer. Free, mm-hmm. rather. Uh, Free Air, you can call him that way. I mean, he's Brazilian, but he's passed on mm-hmm. in the education Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And then, uh, France Fanon, uh, mm-hmm. Wretch of the Earth. Uh, it's a very important book to read, uh, to get to know and, and to understand, Like, right? And then, uh, there's books by, uh, my heroes, uh, sure. Cabral, Amilcar Cabral, hmm. Return to the Source, very thin book, uh, uh, talking about colonialism and what's happening to African people around the world in the diaspora. Uh, then there is, uh, a book by, and the SSR, uh, this course on colonialism,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which was also pivotal for me, uh, and moving, moving my thoughts forward and in, in understanding, which I still, I still use his book. I use it. I used his book this semester.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: also use the Wretched of the earth as mm-hmm. well as black skin, white mask by Fanon. You know. mm-hmm. And then there is, um, uh, just the speeches and the writings of, um, of Cabral as well as uh, Patrice Lumumba
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the Congo uh, in Africa, which were helping me to think in internationalist terms. Yes, um, instead of just domestically, because what's local is also national as well as international,
1: mm. um,
2: as we see with uh, you no know, doing the George Floyd situation and where they were police who had been trained in Israel. Uh, They trained with the Israeli police and learned the techniques that they use to suppress Palestinians. That the Palestinians uh, were helping us uh, to combat uh, the weaponry which were being deployed against us and how to be successful. Hmm. To recognize that this is an international thing. This is a global uh, oppression system uh, that we're operating with. Uh, As Patricia Hill Collins called it, a matrix of domination. Um, and, and, and so we need to be very much aware that we are not alone and that we should be in solidarity with we'll oppressed people all around the world. And then I'll, I'll, I'll give one last book that was also very critical, Black Liberation Theology by James Cone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because I grew up in a, a very religious family, you know, uh, oh, you know, I'm not a very religious person at all, uh, but my, my wife and kids are, but I'm not, uh, okay. uh. And, and my, my family is my, my mom, my, mm-hmm. father, and my brothers and stuff. But I, uh, found James Cohn's book to be very, very helpful for me to understand, uh, religiously what's happening and mm-hmm. what we should always, always side with the oppressed. Always side with the oppressed. And, and, and that's the position that I take throughout my life is that uh, the oppressed are never wrong. You know, you know, something is being done to them. And to learn that there are laws, but laws are not morality. Mm. They are unjust laws, mm. right? And right now, what we're seeing uh, in the United States with them trying to say that you know if you speak out for Palestine that you are anti-Semitic, that is an unjust law. Well, mm-hmm. it should be violated at all costs, mm. continuously, right? Mm. Uh, and and so I would I would tell people to stop with those things and then. And read them and hopefully uh, you know live a fruitful life and enjoy other people and have a relationship with people not just things right mm. <laughs> mm. that's it
0: a- mm. johnny
2: let, let let's let's
0: conclude let, let, let's conclude on that note i mean that i i, I, I want to conclude on that note and give people a chance to digest really this total conversation but particularly your closing comments so i guess want to want to thank you for sharing that really heartfelt communion that's so important This day and age, and in the future. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks so much, man. See you. See you soon. All right, brother. See you soon. All right. Bye bye. You are listening to the Topic and Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. Your home for community radio.